Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast number 55. Thank you for listening to these. I really enjoy doing these and shining a light on some of the things that the guys on the island have to go through to get to the races each and every weekend that you may not know about, especially in the case of this guy on the phone. Uh, Thanks again to FXR Racing for being on board with this. If you go to fxrracing.com, and you punch in Pulpamex 30, you will save uh, 30% off. The 2019 FXR line has been launched. It is there. So please check it out. FXR priding itself on the quality and precision that goes into making each set of motocross and off-road gear. FXR has proven its name in the motocross industry, providing gear that is designed by racers for racers. I can vouch for that. I know the guys at FXR well. And they're a good bunch of guys. Jimmy Dakotas, of course, wearing FXR, as does the man on the line. And a race tech suspension. Uh, use the code PulpMX18 to save with Race Tech. Get your oil changed. Get your right spring rate dialed in. Get some revalving if you uh, if you need it. Pushing through the limitations of OEM designs, Race Tech specializes in high performance suspension, parts, service, and setups. They do motor work now too, also people. So uh, whatever you need to do for motor work on your two or four stroke, they can dial you in. So thanks to those companies for supporting uh, a podcast like this, uh, Privateer Island Life. And with me on the line. The man has missed one race this year, and yet he still sits 10th overall in 450s, uh, a great 8th overall at Redbud. You know him. Uh, he's a seasoned veteran. He's on the island. Kyle Cunningham. What's up, Kyle, man? How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, Steve. How about yourself? I'm good, man. Uh, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. It's coming up to an off weekend, and yet you still have uh, time for the media. I like that, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, no problem. It's always... Uh... You know, I think we go through those spurts where you're kind of missed on the media side. So, uh, yeah. you know, any time that we have an opportunity to do something, especially uh, with this being something to do with FXR and having their support this year, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, you're a fan of the stuff. We've had you on here before. Uh, you've ridden just about every gear they're out there, Kyle, over the years. You've been a veteran, so but you really like the FXR stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's been awesome. This is my first year working with Andy and the guys over there, and uh, they've done a great job. Um, you know, the gear looks cool, mm-hmm. fits well, uh, especially with my Mobius knee braces. Uh, man, it fits over those things good. It's super comfortable, and, um, you know, between them and uh, 6D, all the kits, I think this year, matching helmet-wise and stuff like that has been awesome, and uh, you know, the way they do the sublimation and everything, um, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. They yep. keep us looking good every weekend. So You uh, you didn't go for the ride day up there. Did you make it or no? I didn't see you in photos or anything. So No, I wasn't able to make it up there. Uh, I actually had my dad drove to Pennsylvania, and then I had a plan to drive with him from Pennsylvania down to North Carolina and ride at JGR for the week and mm-hmm. train with my uh, trainer, Seth. So, Unfortunately, I miss getting up there, uh, but, you know, privateer-wise, um, you know, like me and you have talked, trying to get some stuff done on our own takes a little more time, yeah. so we went with the with the solid plan to get the riding and get the training in for the week so that we could be ready for Tennessee. I'm sure they would have loved you there, but it's also understandable why you couldn't make it. Um, hey, nice yeah. job at Redbud, man. Uh, eighth overall, uh, quiet motos for you, like nothing spectacular, but just every time I looked up, there you were uh, running solid. Uh, great second moto for you, too. Um, yeah, man, nice job. Yeah, Redbud, uh, I appreciate it. Redbud was another step in the right direction. Uh, you know, since the crash at Foxborough, I feel like uh, 
we've been fighting injuries and uh, then the crash at Glen Helen. Um, I wouldn't say I'm completely 100%. My back's still bothering me pretty bad. But, uh, man, we were able to get a couple good motos. Um, you know, the first moto, kind of same as usual, bad start, had to come from the back. And I swear, me and Justin Hill battled for probably 22 <laughs> minutes of that moto. I was I was a bike length and a half behind him. And, uh, man, it was a great push to get up to 11th and then, you know, the second moto, I felt like uh, I finally got out of the gate, uh, which we've been working on during the week and obviously trying to fix. Um, man, I got up there. The pace was uh, a little different. My lap times have been good, but, you know, getting up there battling with those guys that are that are running your speed and and uh, even going a little bit faster. I mean, I had a good battle with, uh, with Cooper there for most of the moto. Um, Man, I got by him and then made some mistakes. He got back by me, and I didn't ride so great the last three laps. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, to get up there and battle with those factory guys and, you know, go uh, 11-8 for eighth on pretty much a production bike, I think, is an uh, accomplishment in itself. So yeah, and, we were happy with it. Uh, and like I said, you're 10th in the points, and you missed Lakewood after, a Glen, after crashing to Glen Helen, and you're 10th overall. Yeah, like, I mean, nice work. Uh, we're we're tenth in points. I'm a little bummed because, I mean, we miss Lakewood obviously, which is two motos, and then uh, we have three other goose eggs on the uh, on the points as far as first moto crash at mm-hmm. at Hangtown when I was in thirteenth. The bike was so mangled I couldn't finish. Um, then the crash at Glen Helen, the second moto. I think I was in ninth or tenth, and then we had the motor uh you know yep. southwick the sand ate the motor up the first moto and we got a dnf there so yep. i mean i look at it on the bright side we're we're tenth in points but you know it's a bummer almost and if, half of the motos yeah. we have no points in so it's a good point um, F- five motos with zero points yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, it is it is what it is. You can't go back and fix that. Uh, you know, we just got to focus going forward. And, you know, to be honest, it's uh, it's been super good. Like I told you, I know uh, I have minimal help from the HEP guys uh, as far as, I shouldn't say minimal help, but, you know, they gave yeah, me the I bikes mean, and the parts right. um, to go race the outdoors. And then, you know, I have JGR allowing me to pit out of the rig and haul my stuff, but Everything other than that being done here in Texas and, uh, you know, has been my dad. Obviously, he's been shimming and rebuilding motors uh, actually on Fridays before the race. <laughs> and then uh, Jim Lewis from Merge Racing is about an hour from me, um, which allowed me to get some more testing, making the change going to him. And, you know, between him and my dad, they've been uh, a huge help. So mm-hmm. it's uh it's a small effort between the the three of us and you know there's a couple more people involved but um man we're having fun and you know there's five rounds to go to keep trying to better myself and get up there and learn that speed and uh yeah like like i said at the end of the day it's been good yeah it's a very unique arrangement for people who don't know you're pitted with jgr you're underneath their tent now uh, teams have taken bikes to the races before for for privateers, but they're always pitted off the back or underneath the up or whatever. But you are, as you said, with some help from HEP, which was your team for for Supercross, HEP Suzuki, you're underneath the JGR tent. I guarantee you, Kyle, 95, no, 99% of the people at the races are like, oh, he's on JGR. 
Oh yeah, nice ride. <laughs> like nice work. Um, how did yeah. it, how did it come together? Like how did first of all, you don't have to ride outdoors. Like you're doing this on your own, like you said. So you obviously have a desire to uh, to do it. Um, but how did it all come together between you and JGR, who you filled in for and rode for last year, and the HEP team? And Suzuki, Chris Wheeler at Suzuki, of course, uh, great guy. How did it all come together? Uh, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. Uh, you know, whenever I was working a deal with HEP, actually, J-Bone is good friends with Billy Ezernak, uh, one of the team owners. And uh, when I decided to take the HEP deal, uh, J-Bone had already talked to me in the off season and kind of said, hey, when outdoors roll around, I know you want to go racing. We'll we'll try and help you out, mm-hmm. haul your bike, whether that means, you know, being under the rig or being off the back of the rig. To be honest with you, I didn't really yeah. care either way as long as I could get the bike there and especially with my dad wrenching, uh, make it easier on us to be able to fly to the races. So just between that and asking Aaron and those guys to use a couple of the motorcycles, um, and Chris Wheeler at Suzuki stepping up to help me a little bit with parts. Uh, you know, it just, it kind of all worked in together and, you know, me as a racer, I, I know I could have set aside and not done outdoors, but I really feel like that wouldn't have gotten me anywhere. I want to be at the races and that's 12 more rounds of racing for the year. And, you know, it's tough. It's, uh, it's not easy to do, but, you know, for me right now, I honestly feel like body-wise and everything, and I kind of look at Justin Brayton and see what he's doing, you know, mm-hmm. where he is at in his career now, and I kind of feel the same way. Honestly, this is my first year to, to get a full full year on the 450 under my belt. My body feels good. I feel like my speed's actually getting better, and my fitness is getting better, and you know, that's why I wanted to be there for the outdoors. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, we've had some some minor speed bumps, uh, you know, that have held us back a little bit. But, you know, we're trying to fight through it and just trying to be better every weekend. And, you know, to be honest with you, um, between me and you, if it, if it wasn't for all the work that my dad's putting in here at the house and yeah. at the rig on the weekends and the help, you know, the small help from each one of those individuals, it – uh it wouldn't be possible, but, um, you know, like I said, to, to be out there, be racing, that's where I want to be. And I feel like I have a lot of racing left in me, so I don't find it hard to believe that, that maybe I can, you know, keep racing until I'm 35 or so at mm-hmm. least. Um, you know, that's kind of always been my plan since I was younger. So, you know, I want to get out there. I want to prove myself. I want to try and see, you know, where I can end up, what spot I can I can possibly fall into and, Mm -hmm. you know, hopefully on the weekends, uh, I'm kind of reminding people of what I've done in the past and hopefully we can keep getting better. Now, what will happen, Kyle, is you're eighth overall, everyone will look at it and they'll just hire some kid that will probably come out and get 15th and then uh, that'll happen (laughs) and then you'll get overlooked. It happens all the time. Um, But hey, um, let's dive into a couple things you said a little deeper, if you don't mind. I you know, you, I said you didn't have to ride the Nationals, and, and it is a little bit of a unique situation. And you made a comment that you felt like you needed to, uh, you know, because I don't think you're making any money, Kyle. Like you said, your dad's awesome, and, and I want to ask you about him in a little bit. But, you know, this is probably costing you money when you look at purse and contingency, and, or maybe you're baking a little bit, but not much. But why do you want to race the Nationals? Uh, give us a little bit. When you say, like, you felt like you had to or you needed to, uh, Why? 
I mean, for me, I, I think it's no different than anything else. I mean, unless you have your two- or three-year deal where, you know, you're just a super cross-only guy, I really feel like when you're not at the races, you're not putting yourself out there in front of those people and mm-hmm. showing what you're capable of. Okay, uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's easy to be forgotten about, but, you know. Sure. Even beside that, for me, like I said, I, I feel the best that I have. And I feel like I have a lot more in me, and I want to be at the races. I want to be out there. I want to be racing. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm a racer. That's that's what I want to do, and I've been doing it for a long time. So, um, uh, you yeah. know, just at the end of the day, it wasn't even a wasn't even a thought in the back of my head to just sit around sit home, all yeah. summer and go to the lake and not do anything. <laughs> and you know, going right. into it looking at looking at flights, looking at entry fees, you know, looking at getting credentials, um, you know, everything I knew going in as a privateer, you know, and I've been in good spots where I didn't have to worry about it. And then I've also been in spots like this numerous times, yeah. um, you know, but going in, I knew that it was going to cost 15 to 20 grand to go racing this summer. But mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, it's a, it's a decision I made. Um, I'm happy with what I'm doing. I'm happy that I'm there on the weekends, and we're going to keep fighting every weekend and uh, hopefully build off of it going into next year. Well, I think I think you've already justified with your results that it was worth going. Are you are you able to make any money though? Like, okay, so you have Suzuki contingency, right? Uh, FXR maybe a little bit uh, track money. Um, like you said, your parts are paid for, your bikes paid for, and your your data probably makes a little bit of money. Are you able to make a little bit here, or how, how's it how's it going that way? Yeah, I mean we're able to. I'm able to look to to put a little money in my pocket. Uh, okay. Know, I try and help. I try and help Kurt a little bit for his time. My dad. But, yep. uh You know, it's obviously we knew that was the big thing with him wrenching that. You know, I couldn't afford to go hire somebody for yeah. twenty five hundred bucks a month, get them to the races with us, and pay my bills here at home so yep you know it's uh it's obviously a, a tight budget but you know i was able to put some things together with suzuki and with fxr with 60 helmets with cd boots um with all the guys that are involved in the program uh, my friend gary boyce up in new york and you know there's minimal help from those guys but it's enough to help me out to where racing is Mm -hmm. affordable and i can go do it so i'm just very fortunate to uh have the people um all of them including my dad and jim lewis up at merge to to step in and help me a little bit on that side of it so you know we're getting by uh you know no no regrets on it you know it's not easy but uh you know at the end of the day like i said i want to be racing i want to be out there and we figured out a way to do that, so you know we'll keep doing it as long as we can. And um, hey, so getting back to the races a little bit. Uh, well, first of all, I guess I talked to you after Southwick. You know where your motor blew up in motor in Moto One, Moto Two. You had a good finish, but um, what I think was really cool is you mentioned Glenn at JGR pitched in to help with the motor change. Again, you're not on the team. Um, you know you got your own allotment of parts. But it's awesome, and we know those JG guys are, JGR guys are awesome. We've known Coy, J-Bone, all those guys are great. Um, you rode for them before. But I thought that was really cool. You said Glenn pitched in and helped out, and made, you know, otherwise you wouldn't have made the motos. That's really awesome, man. Good job for Glenn and the JGR guys for doing all of that. You know what I mean? Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I mean, for sure. When it, uh, when it comes to maybe a production part that, that breaks or something small like that, uh, those guys, Renee, um, Glenn, J-Bone, Coy, they've all been really cool. Um, obviously we don't have the factory parts on our bikes, yeah. but yep. wherever, you know, if we have a small issue, they for sure are there to help. And, you know, I couldn't believe Jimmy D was out on the track for the 250 moto and, Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn was sitting there helping my dad do a motor swap in between Moto One and Moto Two, and honestly, if it wasn't for him helping him, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have made the start for the second one. Yeah. Um, oh, that's awesome. So you know, those guys—they're—they're they're a good group of dudes, and uh, you know, I'm super grateful for everything they've done and how they're helping me out this year. Because you know, at the end of the day, we both know. They don't have to do that. That's another bike on their rig. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Something else that someone else has to unload every week when they get back to the shop. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I'm I'm super thankful and um, yeah. obviously pumped that those guys are able to help me out in the small way that they can. It uh, makes it a ton easier. No, that's cool to hear, man. Those guys are cool. And, and Chris at Suzuki is Really working hard to get the brand back to where it once was, and the JGR guys are a big part of that. And you're you too, also, you know, getting that finish, getting that finish at uh, at Redbud. Um, so Southwick was balls hot, and it's a sand track, so it's gnarly. But I had a couple yeah. guys tell me, Kyle, that they thought Redbud was harder because it was ripped and watered so deep, and it was so ruddy. They thought Redbud was a tougher race than Southwick. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean. Obviously, Southwick was more temperature-wise comparable to here at home. We were fortunate this year. I mean, I've been doing motos here in Texas, and it's been 104 with 60 70% humidity. Um, You want to take your gear off and jump in the pond after you're done. But, uh, you know, we were pretty lucky at Redbud as far as temperature-wise. But, man, I'd, I'd almost have to agree. The way the turns were, and I think it was tough to see, um, even from a TV standpoint, like mm-hmm. you could feel the bike when you were in the ruts, how soft they were. The dirt was just like a sponge. It was just pulling the power down, almost yep. making the bike feel like it was flipping a little bit. But, uh, man, the track, it was probably one of the gnarliest red buds I've ridden just for the sheer fact that, you know, after the mechanics area, you go left and then that right hander. Yep. Oh, that black dirt section, dude, was so bad. It yeah, was so I didn't bad. even want to jump the double <laughs> before it because the ruts literally yeah. went from the landing of the double to the lip of the triple step up. Yeah. So you're talking about, you know, if you put all that track in a straight line, I mean, honestly, 80% of the track probably would have been one solid rut. Mm-hmm. And then the bumps down the hills were huge. And, um, you know, I think I kind of – I just – tried to get a little bit of a flow going down the hills. I started jumping the bumps instead of powering through them and was able to uh, be a little smoother that way. But for sure, I think the track was difficult. I think it showed, uh, you know, with a lot of people, just one small mistake, you'd end up falling over in a corner or, you know, off the track. So, uh, you know, I think it'll make it interesting for the donations for sure. But I think Redbud did a, did a great job with the track and i mean i was super pumped on how technical it was and you know it was uh it was more one of those kind of 
you almost feel like a little bit slower pace compared to uh-huh. the practice track just because of the technicality and how difficult it was as well as how big the bumps were. So yeah. um, I would have to say, honestly, you know, Southwick was rough, but it's sand, so you feel like you're riding the bike a little harder. Mm-hmm. Um but at Red Butt, I would say for sure the the deepness of the ruts, how big the bumps were, and how gnarly the track was the whole way around, uh, it was for sure a little more difficult, I would say. Um, yeah, interesting, man. Just, I would have thought sand slash that temperature, heat and humidity, Southwick would have won hand down, hands down, but a few guys told me differently, you know? So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, so um, 2019, uh, you mentioned the HEP guys. You rode for for Supercross, their first year team. Uh, I know they're talking to some uh, some guys about coming back. Uh, they've given you some bikes and parts for for this year. Uh, are you going to go back there next year? Have they told you? Do you know yet? Any plans for twenty nineteen? Um, not at the moment. Uh, to be honest, I know Dustin and them uh, have told me they would like me over there again if okay. everything works out. To be, I know they're trying to make a plan to to go racing um you know but at the moment for me i'm just trying to focus on the outdoors go out do the best i can and just kind of see what opportunities present themselves um Mm -hmm. you know i had a good year with them and i thought they did a great job for a first year effort so i think right now we're just kind of at the point of you know the waiting game trying to to see what opportunities uh, come up and mm-hmm. and kind of where we end up. So at this point, uh, I guess we'll see. Hopefully over the next month or so, we'll kind of have a direction. I mean, that's the big thing for me. I'd like to end up in a spot where I know what I'm doing by the time yeah. August, September rolls around for instead sure. of uh, the last three years have been – November 10th, November 15th, I'm mm-hmm. finding out what I'm doing and I'm planning on being ready for A1 in a month and a half. So, yeah, that's tough. Hopefully, we yeah. can get something done a little sooner. I don't know what it'll be completely yet, but uh, I'm sure we'll know more hopefully in the next month or so. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's tough, especially like, you know, the Suzuki is a brand new bike. You need the time to get used to it and all of that, you know. So, um, you know, to yeah. know that you would be on a bike in September. And you have till January is is a huge help. Um, Kyle, yeah. Kyle Cunningham here on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast uh, number fifty five. And uh, so, Kyle, we talked to you in Supercross a little bit and about the Suzuki and everything else, and uh, you told us a little bit about it. What now that you've got even more time on and you just got eighth overall on it? Like, what do you like about the bike? And are you using that shock, uh, the, the one Achilles heel? Some guys is the BFRC shock for for really fast guys like yourself. Um, is that an issue? Been an issue for you? And uh, if not, uh, what else do you like about the bike? Uh, I mean, uh, first of all, it's been great to keep the relationship with Suzuki. Um, this is my basically fourth, three and a half years. Uh, to work with those guys over there and I've known Chris for a long time, but man, I feel like I'm starting to gel with the bike. Uh, it was for sure a learning curve mm-hmm. compared to the 17 I had rode in the past, um, getting it ready for supercross, but man, we made some good strides. Uh, there was six, seven rounds to go in, in the supercross series. And we've tried to build off that. Um, you know, Jim is kind of a brainiac at merge. So right. we've been, uh, making some changes and figuring some stuff out. We made a ton of changes from, 
even Vegas to about the time I came back at, at High Point, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's gotten better. It's a uh, it's a good motorcycle, and Suzuki's an awesome company to uh, to work with. And you know, we learn more as we go. I yeah. think for me, there's been so many years of racing, and it's been on the 250 that you know the 450 is just a whole different animal. Um, no matter what color you're on, so sure, yeah. Um, we're learning a little little bit at a time, and man, we've got it in a pretty good spot. Uh, the BFRC shock, I got to ride it a little bit um, outdoor-wise in the beginning of the year, and then we had made the change to kind of a hybrid shock. Uh-huh. Um, Again, Jim. Supercross. Jim in his, uh, in his wild ways. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we made the change to that, so we didn't really get to spend too much time with the BFRC, but mm-hmm. from when I rode it outdoors and stuff, there were some really good characteristics of the shock that I liked. Um, but I think it's been one of those more of we changed to the other one, so we just kind of stuck with yep. the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim's actually developed a knuckle for the bike that I've been running. There's oh, wow, okay. only two of them that he has, and they're on my motorcycle. So <laughs> cool. um, that's been a huge, huge step in the right direction. And, uh, you know, it's going good. We got the bike working really good. Um, we keep changing things and making small changes, which, you know, as a privateer, it's a little more difficult. It takes us a little more time to get it done. Uh, it's not like we can have a day or two turn around on something. It's more like one week we're planning on, hey, here in a week and a half we're going to have this to try. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's been good, though. We got the bike working really good, and I think that's uh, – that's starting to show. Um, you know, it has been a little bit coming back from the few crashes that I had, and especially the crash at uh, at Glen Helen, which I was fortunate enough to walk away from. But uh, now I feel like we're in a good spot, and we have uh, the bike working really well, and pretty pumped for uh, the next five rounds. It's a uh, it's a nice neutral bike, don't you think? Like it it does almost everything very well. Maybe maybe it's not the fastest. Maybe it won't turn the the, the quickest inside. Maybe it's not the most stable, but all or it does everything very well. Yeah, I mean, I think it just it fits. Uh, you know, every rider is going to be a little different on the way they bike mm-hmm. setup is. Whether they want a cut subframe, no cut subframe. Um, those are some of the changes we've made that we didn't really try at first. Um, mm-hmm that we've gotten to the point now where we've just taken the chance on changing some of those things and seeing how the bike reacts to it. Uh, but overall, man, the bike is a great motorcycle. It turns well, sometimes too much. <laughs> if you ask me, yeah. uh, you know, and maybe that comes from in the past, some of the bikes that I rode, uh, not having as much steering as a Suzuki, but right. man, the turning's great on it. The bike is super stable. Um, even, you know, when you read the, the moto shootouts on the motorcycles, people talk about the weight. I mean, the bike's so thin and everything. Yeah. And when I'm jumping it, um, you know, we're running a conventional spring fork, which is obviously heavier. Uh, yeah. and I don't notice the weight on the motorcycle. I think in some areas, sometimes you're better off having a little more weight, but, uh, you know, the bike feels planted, the bike feels really good. And I mean, for anyone out there that's, that's kind of doubting it. Like I said, I mean, we're out there on a production motorcycle with some small changes to suit how I want the thing to work. And, you know, we're putting it in the top 10 with 
those bikes that you can't really put a price tag on. Yeah, does it feel good to be battling with a guy like Cooper Webb? Are you like, yeah, check, yeah, check mean, this out, Cooper? Yeah, yeah I mean, Coop is, uh, you, know, you look at his history and yeah. the championships he has, and I know he's coming back from an injury, so he's only going to get stronger. Um, you know, but even battling with Justin, too, I know he had a crash the weekend before at Southwick, and he's kind of coming back from some things. And, mm-hmm. man, I feel like that's the way of the sport. We're all battling something. At some yeah, point, yeah. sometime, you know, we're all a little bit hurt. But, you know, I think the more I can just get myself up there and, and race with those guys and learn that speed, uh, you know, the more I'm going to be up there consistently. So, it's fun getting up there battling with them. Uh, you know, I, I would have liked to sp- finish the spot in front of them, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the way the weekend ended up, and they were riding great. And, you know, I was pumped on the eighth overall. Uh, you know, and we're just looking to build off of it. That's that's all we can do. And I think that in my history has been the worst thing is, obviously, I, I got to get out of the gate to be up there. And I've shown speed, but it's, you know, always – I think you can get a little overlooked in the sense of I'm showing speed coming from 30th to 12th or 11th or 10th, you know, instead of getting up, getting a a ninth place start and running in seven, eight, nine, ten, the whole moto. So, I mean, I was, uh, I was pumped to be able to do that, get a good result. Like I said, five motos, no points, but, we're still top 10 in points, yeah. so uh, we'll just keep trying to go forward the best way that we can. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. It's 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 been good for you, for sure. Uh, FXR Racing, Pulp MX30. Uh, go there and uh, enter that code and save. Get the same exact same gear Kyle Cunningham rocks uh, every weekend. And the folks at Racetech, too, Racetech Suspension, uh, Pulp MX18 is the code to uh, get your suspension service and, and get a discount here uh, on Privateer Island Life podcast. Uh, Kyle, um, a couple words uh, about your dad, too. I just love to see it. Your dad's one of the coolest guys in the pits, and he's been that way for a while. And you've mentioned uh, already a few times in this podcast how you couldn't do it without him. And, uh, man, like, and I've been around a lot of teams and racers and Ferry's dad and Nick Way's dad and, and different Danny Smith's dad when I worked for him. And, man, these guys, they just, it's awesome to see. They're 100% behind their kids, and, and their work ethic is just unparalleled man and uh your dad is one of those guys and that's really cool it's uh it's really neat to see you guys still here you are a grown adult everything else and uh he's right alongside you it's it's really neat it's a good part of motocross yeah for sure i mean i think when it comes to it we uh you know we grow up racing and the people that are behind us from the start are our family girlfriends uh everyone at home you know so uh, it's it's been awesome. I mean, in 2008, me and my dad went racing. It was my second year pro out of the back of a pickup. Mm-hmm. I finished seventh overall in the outdoor series, and you know we've uh, we've kind of done it numerous times. But man, it's nice having him him on the gate. Uh, you know, I think he says the same thing to me every weekend, and that's hey, listen, as long as you go out, you give it 150 percent. You know, when you come off the track, you know you did your best. I'll never be disappointed and I'll do as much as I can to help you. So, you know, uh, saving costs on shipping and stuff like that. I honestly kind of feel bad just because man, he's been having to shim motors and, you know, freshen up motors and Mm -hmm. make sure the bike's ready to go. And, you know, at, at Southwick, I made the decision on the motor 
to leave that one in and yeah. he felt bad about it at the end of the day and I'm like man it's it's not your fault I made the decision and yeah. stuff like that happens so uh you know I can't thank him enough just in the sense there's not really anything in it for him besides you know getting out there and yeah. putting up results and I think at the end of the day you know when we're in that top 10 uh he feels like what he's doing is accomplished and I feel the same so you know, week in and week out from the point I've turned pro in 07, he's always helped me at the track and helped me at the practice side. And, you know, what's crazy is I don't come from a, a racing background. My dad, you know, didn't used to race or do anything like that. He's just learned from over the years of all the racing I've done. And even back in amateurs, the two-stroke days, him and Ed Torrance, you know, were building my motors and he was doing all that stuff and at 57 I know I know it's a lot to ask of him right now and Southwick with the heat was <laughs> was super tough on him but man he's uh he's busting his butt and he's hanging in there for me and he's doing everything he can and you know as well as my sister my nieces my mom my girlfriend Katie um they're all the same way during the weeks so it's just nice to have a positive group of family behind you and you know him at the track and on the gate with me. Uh, you know, like I said, I feel yeah, bad cool. working him yeah. so hard, but you know he's uh, he's doing a great job. He's an awesome right. guy, and I can't thank him enough. Um, look, you had some uh, some good rides in 250 class star racing uh, and JGR as a fill in um, a few few over years. So it's not like you haven't experienced success in the 250s and you've had some really good races. But for a guy like you, I've been riding. Like, hey, Kyle needs to just go to 450s. Like, that's where money is in Supercross and and some, you know, support rides and maybe not the elite big four factory teams or whatever, big five factory teams. But I've always felt like, like you, you know, you're in this, you're in this to make money and do well. And and there comes a point where your bike isn't equal to others in the 250 class. And 450 class has so much better salary that it's time to just move on up and 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 be 450 guy and embrace it and love it. Um, and you finally have. Uh, do you wish you would have done it sooner, or I mean, I guess you know, if the 250 team comes calling tomorrow and they pay a good salary, you you will happily go down. But I don't know, man. I just feel like guys in your position should just get to 450s and and start, you know, being a being a um, you know just a, a guy on teams just below the factory level. To me, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, I think you can look back on your whole career and look at situations and think, oh, I should have done this then. Mm-hmm. Or, I should have done that then, but, you know, we made the decision for this year, and I was talking to some lights teams that were, you know, smaller efforts, right. but, you know, at the end of the day, talking to my dad, I really, you know, I felt like getting on the 450 when it comes to motor-wise, you can be pretty competitive even if you're running a stock motor in that yeah. thing, um, as long as you have the chassis working well. And, you know, I think uh, maybe – we underestimated that a little bit. I think it still even matters, but, you know, competing in the lights class on a privateer effort is super difficult. It is, yeah. You know, for us, we knew doing the HEP thing and then the outdoor thing, we could get it done with the 450s. And like I said, it's been a learning experience. I think the biggest thing for me, you know, in Supercross was going to all these different rounds and different, track surfaces and trying to make the bike work everywhere kind of on the 250 for me it was like 
okay, if the bike wasn't working, I would just adapt and kind of power through it sure. to make it work if I needed to. You know, with the 450, it's like, man, when that thing's not working, uh, I want to back the throttle off a little <laughs> bit. But, um, you know, we made the decision, and it's it's been fun. I don't regret it. And, yeah, I could look back and say, oh, in 2010, when I got fourth in Vegas, I should have just stayed on it. But who knows if, if that would have been the right decision. Yeah. I mean, yeah. decisions are made for the right reasons, and they've gotten me to to where I am. Um, but, you know, like yeah. you said, if, if there was an awesome 250 spot that came calling and it seemed like it made the most sense, yeah, I'd probably look at possibly going back. But, too, um, you know, to – be able to stay in the 450 class would be great because I think after getting a full year under my belt this year, I'm only going to learn more and hopefully be able to get up there in Supercross and, and mm-hmm. be up front with those guys there too. Um, like you said, with Supercross, the payout's better. Um, you know, I do feel like with a lot of the sponsors I have too, they'd rather see me on the 450 than the 250. And I've had a lot of people that kind of come up to me and they're like, Hey, you ride the 450 better than you ride the 250. Just stay with it. You've been telling me that for, (laughs) you know, three or four years. So, you know, it's nice to finally do it. I I definitely didn't want to just be a 250 guy my whole career, but obviously I think everyone can see even AP and those guys in the 250 class, how fast they're going, how similar lap times are. I mean, both classes are really yeah. professional classes. So I think wherever you can get a job and continue to race, if that's what you want to do, right. you know, you got to do what you got to do to, to go racing. So like I said, I'm just fortunate to, uh, you know, be able to do it as long as I have. And I feel like I have quite a few good years left in me. I feel like I'm only getting better with age. Uh, like wine does, you know. So, <laughs> uh, well, um, you know. Yeah, if you can't, if you can't have a salary or the bike, get out of two fifty class. Is my opinion. Get out of there because because yeah. the purse is garbage in Supercross, and and yeah. it's hard to compete elsewhere. You know. So, and it, well, I mean yeah. that, and financially, just when you look at the cost of, oh yeah, you know the the two fifty getting the eye opener to work with the ocean, everyone at JGR last year, and you know, seeing how often motors were, new motors were put in there and how often everything was changed. It's, you know, it's just, it's, it's tough to do that at a privateer level, um, unless you really have a a big title sponsorship to help you do it. So, um, you know, it's definitely financially wise, it's tougher to do the 250 and stuff. So, Mm-hmm. That was the uh, the thing for me this year, but I honestly I wanted to get on the 450. I wanted to get my feet on, get my feet wet on it, and see what I could do uh, with those guys. A lot of the guys that I'm racing in there are the same guys that yeah. you know I was racing when I was racing 250. So it's nice to be in there mixing it up with them, or at least get on a Yamaha if you're going to be in 250 class as a privateer. Those bikes, the, the motors are pretty good on on those Yamahas. So uh, I, I swear, AP probably could have overjumped Lorado's leap. Right? I could yeah, not no. believe it. I know the guys. What is he? 180? You figure probably pounds. 180? 185 pounds? Yeah. Right? I mean, so. I don't know. I think a lot of that too is uh, 
rider base momentum through the turn everything he's uh yeah. and he's riding great right now he's he's killing it absolutely so. um looking forward to millville uh it's one of your better tracks right you've done well on there before i think yeah i've done uh done pretty good in yeah. Millville. i think my best year was 2011 i think i actually pulled both hole shots there nice <laughs> which that was probably the last time i pulled a hole shot yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, I like the track, uh, Martins, and then Schaefer always builds it for the national. And mm-hmm. I know Shane pretty well, and they do a great job with it. Um, it's normally hot there, the way it, it sits in a pit, but track always uh, gets pretty rutted and rough and, and makes for some good racing. Um, man, I, I look forward to Millville. I really like Redbud. Uh, Wash Eagle has been good to me. It has been. You've <laughs> so done well. I, I yeah. like that track. Yeah. yeah, I mean the last the last stretch, the last five, I've I've had some good results at in the past years, and you know it's just the East Coast style tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and even looking back, like Glen Helen, I I feel like I've had some, if you want to call it, bad luck there. But I always ride the track really good. It's just there's always seems like there's that one mistake you know that mm-hmm. you pay the price for but uh you know the when it comes to the outdoors the guys do a great job with the track and i think we saw that at red bud and uh a few of the other rounds so i'm looking forward to millville as well um it's been good to me i have fun riding there the track's fun and changes it up a little bit so well um thanks man thanks for the time on the fxr racing race tech suspension privateer island life podcast i use the code save some money i love talking to these guys and and getting the the word out and explaining everybody that kyle cunningham is almost as privateer as it gets you've got a you've got a truck and an awning but other than that there's there's it's privateer life for you so um yeah hopefully people will know that um thanks for the time congrats on the eighth overall um and uh, thank you for the time on the on the podcast again if you want to get the same gear kyle cunningham wears fxrracing.com uh thanks kyle and uh, we will see you enjoy the weekend off and we'll see you at uh, millville man all right sounds good steve i appreciate it